from the book of Job, the 38th chapter, verses 1 through 7 and 34 through 41. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Who is this darkening counsel with words lacking knowledge? Prepare yourself like a man. I will interrogate you, and you will respond to me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you know. Who set its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring tape on it? On what were its footing sunk? Who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang in unison and all the divine beings shouted? Can you issue an order to the clouds so that their abundant waters cover you? Can you send lightning so that it goes and then says to you, I'm here? Who put wisdom in remote places? Or who gave understanding to a rooster? Who is wise enough to count the clouds? And who can tilt heaven's water containers so that thus becomes mud and clods of dirt adhere? Can you hunt prey for the lion? Or fill the cravings of lion cubs? They lie in their den. They lie in ambush in their lair. Who provides food for the raven when its young cry to God, move about without food? It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So over the last couple weeks, we have talked about Job's dilemma, that he has had everything taken from him in a seemingly random, um, I guess if you want to call it a seemingly random attack. Um, everything has gone wrong. He's lost his, all of his property. He's lost all of his children. He's lost all of his servants. His wife is still living, but she's it. And he's developed sores all over his body. So he's suffering himself as well as having lost everything he had. And he has been crying out to God for a hearing. And this might go in the category of be careful what you wish for. Because in our text today, Job gets his hearing all right. But it doesn't quite go the way that Job thought it was going to go. Instead, God says, I'm going to ask the questions, and you give me the answers. And then Job, God starts in on this long monologue about where were you when the earth and the heavens were created? Do you know how to make it rain? Do you know how to feed the ravens? Do you know how to take care of the lions? It's not a particularly um, warm, fuzzy God that we see in this particular case. God is, is giving Job kind of a, a, a rough time. But he's answering, he is answering Job. I, what Job asked for was to be heard. And what God is letting him know is, I heard you. But I could give you the answers but you're not going to understand them even if I told you what the answer was. There are some things, y'all, that we just don't get answers to on this side. And that's a hard truth. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean God's not real. It doesn't mean God doesn't care. 
but it means that sometimes whatever the reasons are for something happening, we're not privy to those reasons. Probably because we wouldn't understand it. If, if, God's, if God sat down and explained it to us, we probably wouldn't understand it anyway. God's presence overwhelms Job. And we'll see, we'll see Job's response. We've got one more week with Job. And next week we get Job's response to God. After hearing God go on about all of this. And if you want to look in your Bible, it, God's monologue spans several chapters. You just got a little taste of it this morning. But there's several chapters here where God goes on. And, I mean, God goes through the entire universe of things that, that, that if Job is so smart that Job ought to know the answer to. And if Job doesn't know the answer to those things, maybe Job needs to sit down and, and take a listen for a bit. But he absolutely overwhelms Job. And we, we've talked in Bible study about the difference between God being transcendent and God being imminent. When we say that God is imminent, we talk about how God is very much like we are. He dwells in our hearts. He's very much with us. Uh, think of the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That's, that's imminent. Transcendent is God is wholly other. God is completely different from us. God made the universe out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. Y'all, I can't speak a, a peanut butter sandwich into existence, much less anything more, more meaningful than that. I can't speak my dog into obedience either, but that's a separate story. Um, but you know, we, when we speak, not much happens. When God speaks, worlds come into existence. And God speaks to Job out of a whirlwind. Think about this mighty tornado in front of you speaking to you. I, it had to have been an overwhelming experience. God was in his capacity as transcendent with Job. Even though he's talking to Job, he is very much making the point that God is God and Job is not. And that's a hard thing sometimes for us to wrap our brains around. Because we want to, we, we want to tell God how to answer our prayers. We want to tell God, okay, God, I, th this is what my problem is, and this is the solution. If you could just make, make B happen for, to take care of A, I'd be in really good shape, God. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not the same thing as dialing up and ordering a pizza from Domino's. Prayer is a relationship, and it takes time to develop. And sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we struggle with the silence. And sometimes we're overwhelmed by the presence of God. One of the, um, the resources that I was reading this week before my, my sermon talked about the fact that you know, in, in church, we don't really we don't really expect God to show up as God in our services. You know, we, we may hope to have our hearts strangely warmed, but we're not expecting God to blow the roof off of this place. And we'd be scared silly if it happened. 
And there's a great quote by Annie Dillard that I'm going to read that talks about the fact that, that, we, that we come to worship and we don't expect a whole lot out of God. She writes, does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or, as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. I love that, with that image of you know, children playing, mixing up batches of TNT on Sunday morning. We are invoking enormous power when we ask God to do stuff. And the fact that we, we do it almost without a care in the world is indicative that maybe we don't take seriously what we're talking about here. That God is bigger than what we want God to be. God is more powerful than we can imagine. But that we've come to church and I think for most of us, as, as I think back to when I was, you know, I, 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 at one point I was where y'all are. Uh, I was a college student at the time, but I, I came to church, worshipped in the pews, you know, sat down, participated just like everybody else did. And I certainly never expected anything wild to happen, miracles to take place, you know, anything amazing. I just wanted to come in and sing some songs and pray some prayers and hear a good message, whatever my particular opinion of a good message was at that time, and get, a, and get out in an hour. And I suspect that that's what it is for a lot of folks. They want to come in, sing a few songs, pray a few prayers, hear a message, and be out in time for the Saints kickoff. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that except for the fact that the God that we worship is capable of so much more. And he wants more than that for us. But we've got to put our trust in him. And we've got to follow him. And we've got to follow him even when he leads us into the whirlwind. Even when he leads us into the, the scary places. Because following God isn't always easy. Ask the Israelites, which should have been a, a short little trip, took them 40 years. So following God's not always easy, it's not always convenient, it's not always simple. But if we will allow ourselves to be blown over, if you will, by God's presence, God can do amazing things with us. I believe God's got great plans for this church. I just, I, I think that God's got great plans for y'all. Y'all are a wonderful group of people. And I think God can do great things with you. So may we work together to hear God's voice, to listen to the whirlwind, and to be willing to go wherever he calls us, whether or not it seems safe, easy, hard, challenging, whatever it is, may we commit to following him in all that we do. Amen.